This episode of the Fanboy Planet podcast was recorded live using the TalkShoe service available at TalkShoe.com. We hope you enjoy it and we'll forgive the relatively low audio quality we're experiencing as we learn to use this service. Thanks. And now, here's the music. You might be a Trekkie, eh, sit back and watch as the Uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the letter F in your dictionary and add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor, I'm just the definition of a fanboy, baby. I'm a nerd over drive, I will always survive. Fanboy, baby. Live in San Jose, California, it's the Fanboy Planet Podcast Special Edition. Now, live deep from the Brett Cave, we have part of the standard podcast crew, starting with Derek McCaw, Editor-in-Chief of FanboyPlanet.com. And through the magic of telephony from Southern California, joining us for this evening's festivities, we have Stephanie Rodriguez. Very good. Excellent. And I'm Rick Bretzmatter, your host, and uh, trying to uh, run this experiment as best we can. We'll hope producer, moral compass, and mad scientist tonight. <laughs> mad scientist. I like it. But this, this, evening, this evening, we wanted to get together specifically because now uh, U.S. audiences have had a chance to see the end of an era, the end of a tenant tendency of Doctor Who. <laughs> Have you been working on that all day long? Like that was going <laughs> to Believe me, I just I came up with that right off the cuff just now. I know you're, you're, you're fabulous. <laughs> you're brilliant. There we go. So yes, uh, that's why we're having this special emergency podcast. Uh, it, well, it's actually the, the urgency is somewhat left because this was uh, broadcast in the U.S. last Sunday night, right? Was no, that correct? No, Saturday. Saturday. Was it Saturday? Saturday. Yes. You know, some of us watched from our tardises and did not uh, <laughs> did not actually see the you know the actual U.S. Uh, broadcast. Shh. Anyway, uh, so oh, thank heavens we've we've had this technical issue and Rick has solved it by closing a door. <laughs> Wait, what's going on? The old-fashioned way. Um, Rick and I are both in the Brett Cave right now, and we're in separate rooms because there's a little, like a two-second delay. <laughs> so we, I keep hearing Rick speak, he keeps hearing me speak, and then we hear ourselves speak again. Oh, anyway, I probably close that. Oh. So we're sort of in a, we're in a, we're stuck in a loop. Um, so we are going to talk about other things, but the most important thing in geekdom uh, for the week, uh, and we are also, by the way, for listeners who are wondering where's Lon. Lon does not watch British television, so we felt rather than than bore him, we would just gather this, the the group, the key core members of the Fanboy Planet podcast who watch Doctor Who to talk about our feelings about the loss of David Tennant. Uh-huh. So, Even if you don't like Doctor Who, you want to watch and listen to the end because we've got some, we have a few hot uh, comic bits of comic news and movie news, right, Derek? Yes, absolutely. We'll be talking about other things, but the top story of the week, as I said, was 
Doctor Who. So uh, the end of time, part two. And, of course, uh, we had to get Stephanie in on this because Stephanie wrote a killer review of the end of time, part one. Uh, and so now you did. So now you get to follow <laughs> up and tell us, Stephanie, uh, your feelings now on, on how uh, Russell T. Davis wrapped it all up. Hmm. Yes, I put you on the spot. Go. Okay. Well, overall, I really enjoyed part two. I thought it was much better than part one. And even though the finale wasn't perfect, like, I thought the plot, like, some of the first 40 minutes, I'd say, were very uneven, and there were a lot of really ridiculous moments. But I thought, like, overall, it had such a strong, for me, it had such a strong emotional impact that I was able to forgive its flaws. And, um, okay. yeah, um, I thought, uh, I really loved, uh, the scenes, my favorite scenes were between, um, Wilf and the doctor. I mm-hmm. thought like, mm-hmm. I mean, even though they were like most of the episode I thought was made up of a lot of quieter scenes between just these two characters talking about death and there was one, mm-hmm. Like, I really loved the conversation they had on the the spaceship or when they were stuck in that uh, space thing. And I, I, right, I don't the know. Salvage I, ship. Mm-hmm, yeah, I, I just, like, I cried during those moments because I just thought, you know, they had such a strong connection with each other. And it was really great, yeah. He's one of my well, dear companions now. Mm-hmm. Wolf became one of you. Well, you know, that has been a lot of uh, strong response overall to people, even people that really, really didn't like the episode still think that Bernard Cribbins uh, playing uh, Wolf, uh, the grandfather of uh, Donna Noble, the, of the, previ- and the previous companion, um, that, uh, that that's some of the strongest parts of the show. And Rick, you having watched a lot more of the I'd say original Doctor uh, show shows the 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 pre Russell Davis. You, you can you right. can uh, certainly chime in on, on this thing. Is that one of the differences of this regeneration, this ending, has been that this is the first time, or at least this is allegedly the first time that the Doctor has had actually the opportunity to muse and uh, upon his own uh, impending demise. The the prophecy was set up. Uh, in the middle of uh, season four, with uh, the, the Ood saying that your song is going to come to an end, he's had that feeling of doom. Uh, my recollection of the first season, even of Davis, the, uh, Christopher Eccleston as the tenth Doctor, was that it will, even though he had a moment to kind of like grieve that he was dying, it was just a moment. Yeah, uh, as opposed to it's even even that, I think, was a breakthrough in the amount of time anybody had to reflect on. Their uh, their time together with usually uh, usually they have their companion in tow at the time and it's just something that would happen you know they die they come and then they spring back and be a different face on the doctor right yeah I mean I'm ashamed to say the only uh, regeneration I had seen before that I mean I saw Eccleston I'm sorry it was the ninth doctor into attendance at the tenth was that I had seen um, the Fox TV movie in which you kind of saw uh, Sylvester McCoy uh, turned into Paul McGann, but you know that was the, the TARDIS crashed and that was immediate death. So um, 
Yeah, so we had a chance to be kind of allergic. Who knows actually how, how much chronological time was going on as uh, the doctor was getting to say goodbye to all his companions, which is the part that really got you, isn't it, Stephanie? I, I thought, are you talking about the last 20 minutes? Basically? Yes, the last 20 minutes. Yeah, I thought, like, I mean, although it was very, I guess, self-indulgent, I mean, I really enjoyed seeing all the Doctor's previous companions for the new series because it felt like, I don't know, it might be the last time we see them since we're, like, literally moving into a different era with Stephen Moffat. And I remember, I think I read something about, you know, he's not that interested in going back to, like, the older, like, companions of, Davis and like the monsters, he's gonna look for different monsters. So I don't know. It might have been the last time we see them. So. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. that, uh, there's an interesting aspect to the whole um, Bernard as as Tennant's last companion. I am really thinking hard here. I don't believe we've had a case where, at least, I mean, the Doctor is is very very old. His his body is is uh, is uh, person at the time is not is not physically that old and does not uh, does not have uh, the aspects of being old memory loss or stuttering or anything like that but this I think is the first time you've had a a doctor with a companion who is arguably older in in uh, his mortality than the doctor mm-hmm. they've always been younger particularly hot girls but uh, we won't go there <laughs> well I'm glad you said that yeah um yeah, I, and uh, so there's that, and it is a, a saying of farewell not just to Tennant but to Russell D. Davis, who had done this revival as well. And uh, I'd say, though, you know, Stephanie, you said um, Stephen Moffat's not interested in the old monsters, but he is going to bring back the Weeping Angels, and we have a oh, potential yeah. clue, clue as to where they come from. Uh, and which is, if you, if you are listening and have not seen this, if you must watch only one Doctor Who episode, watch Blink in. Uh, but not at three. night by yourself. <laughs> but not at night by yourself, yeah. Um, which is the one with All by yourself in the room and, and make sure that the no lights in the room work. <laughs> Don't say that. And then if, right you, if, you have a, if you have a statue garden, walk through no, it. Uh, no, afterwards. don't say that. I'm alone right oh. now. <laughs> <laughs> Um, anyway, uh, and he is, uh, when he says not interested in the old monsters, he is not interested in the ones that... Uh, actually, that's not even true because he's bringing back the Daleks. There's a, a Daleks in uh, Nazi Germany episode, mm-hmm. and uh, he's bringing back the Sea Devils, the Silurians. Are they the same aliens, Rick? You'll know better nope, than I do. Silurians are different from the Sea Devils. Okay, well, both are coming back. So uh, Also River Song. River Song is coming back. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, which, to be fair, River Song and, and the Weeping Angels are both um, concepts created by Stephen Moffat. And um, there's one other that I'm trying to think of that, uh, oh, rumor is that, that the original versions of the Cybermen will come back as well. So, but then as we talk about this, the big question is with only like, what, one minute of screen time, Matt Smith, anyone? Huh? Um, I felt he was mimicking David Tennant a lot. I don't know. I didn't see much of a difference. Between I thought that was, that was so overplayed. Uh yeah. I actually my favorite reincarnation has to be uh was it Peter David? Uh, wait a minute. I'm Peter David. Uh, Peter David, that's Peter Davison. Peter Davison. Yeah, Peter Davison. Um because he was 
genuinely confused for quite a while after his regeneration. It was very entertaining to watch him fight through it. To have somebody just kind of snap to it and be able to say, oh, my hair's long, or, and that whole thing on a girl was just stupid. Um, <laughs> okay, yeah, so he, Peter Davison, of course, that's he regenerated from Tom Baker, so Peter Davison will be the fifth doctor who also, this is just drawing connections for people listening, uh, appears in Time Crash with David Tennant, the two-doctor combination for children in need a couple of years ago. So, um, yes, all right. So, any any hopes for the future? Comments that you guys want to make? I, you know, I think I didn't want to go through the episode quite so fast. There was a lot of interesting things to talk about, particularly this incarnation of the Master. All right, discuss. <laughs> I thought it was the best Master. You know, a couple of weeks ago, didn't I say, Rick, because you didn't watch part one? Uh, right. saying this, uh, you, you were saving it for part for part two to be on. I say it was like right. the best master plan ever. Yes, yes. Would you, would you agree with? Yeah. So, so his master plan of putting himself, his uh, engrams or whatever, on, on all the people of the world. Um, I, I think they didn't do enough with it. Uh, mm-hmm. It was it was played for laughs, for the most mm-hmm. part. And yeah. But you have to you have to think about there were a number of scenes where that actor I don't know you know who's that who, who was John Sim yeah he he had to spend pretty much the whole day or afternoon or maybe a couple of days moving from seat to seat where he'd be positioned in the frame you know six or eight times doing different things responding on cue to the same you know. The, mm-hmm or smile or laugh or wave or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, that that was an accomplishment. That yes. really worked. Deceptively difficult acting. Yeah. Keeping that focus and, and, and not betraying then <laughs> you're one man doing all these things. Yeah. I thought he did a fantastic uh, job of being Barack Obama. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> because to me, that was the most interesting part of the episode when they kept saying, like, somehow the that Russell T. Davis was looking to Barack Obama to save us all uh, <laughs> was kind of, huh, is that what the rest of the world is seeing? I kind of like that thought. Uh, did, did you yeah, watch I thought it was the, uh, weird to use the actual politician because usually doesn't he just make up the president or the prime minister? Right, we've always had fake prime ministers. We've always had yeah, yeah, fake fake politicians there. Um yeah, that's kind of odd, because even Torchwood, Children of Earth, did, I mean, there was reference to the United States government, but I don't even remember if Barack Obama was mentioned as president there. No. I think they had a fake president then. So, um, and maybe part of, well, I can't say this, I was going to say maybe part of it is trying not to put in a strict chronology where Doctor Who and Torchwood intersect, but if one of the farewells from tenant is to Captain Jack, then, you know, it, it, that clearly happens after Children of Earth, so, uh, or at least I'm, I'm choosing to believe that it clearly happens after Children mm-hmm. of Earth, the setup that will happen in the Torchwood, which to some people on my Facebook page was a, was a great revelation that Torchwood was going to come back, so they didn't mourn quite so heavily, so... The, uh, Stephanie mentioned the early, uh, pardon me, the earlier in the talk about the final scenes and going back and revisiting everything, I thought it was brilliant. They went back to see um, everyone 
in their future since they left the doctor. Except for one. Except for And to see her before she's going to meet him for the first time, that was Mm -hmm. very nice. That was very touching. I, and, you know, I mean, again, logically within the within the show, he couldn't see her afterwards, right? Was, but still, uh, it was still it was it was uh, nice to see. Uh, almost like the uh, to me, it was almost like this. Um, he was going to undo it all. I, I for just a split mm-hmm. second, that's what I thought was going to happen. And you know, like she would not then have her life utterly changed and she'd go and just have a have a happy life. But um, I guess she did, didn't she? So I was pleased That's to see Bill Piper back. What? <laughs> okay, Stephanie's still with us because I think one, either her computer or her phone hung up. Wait, what? And, and she stops talking for long periods of time. Shout no. me down, Stephanie. Shout me down. Um, Lon does Fine. it. Uh, we, I guess we didn't tell you, you were in the lawn slot tonight, so you have to actually be the sandpaper. If you could make a couple of really cheesy musical references, maybe a bad pun, uh, and then get up and read a comic book. So, uh, <laughs> now in the That's U.S. About a two-hour bus ride away. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you've, you've mastered that much. Don't go at this hour. I have it. Um, <laughs> Uh, so afterwards on the BBC America, they uh, they showed demons. Did you guys watch that? Is that I the Van Helsing descendant? Yeah, yes. I watched. So no, uh, I, I Rick, didn't. Okay, so only Rick can speak of that, and perhaps we should speak no more of it. Was that, <laughs> is that the, the idea? Nobody, no one seems to be all that impressed with that. So why it's should we join in fight? Impressive. It, it really had all the uh, sensibilities of a uh, of a juvenile a novel. Taken Is it like Buffy the Vampire Slayer? No, Buffy. I don't think it was as a juvenile novel. I think it was more along the lines of something like Shirt uh, the Freak or something. Um, goosebumps. But, oh yeah, goosebumps. Yeah, maybe goosebumps. Um, because it was very simplistic and and um, almost like Sarah Jane Adventures, really. Um, the uh, it seemed like it was going to have some promise. The beginning set up with um, even reminiscent of things like oh, what's the new what's the one? I think they got canceled now. The one about the warehouse warehouse thirteen. Um, warehouse thirteen, yeah. It was canceled. Because the kid the kid gets contacted by this guy who explains his heritage and he's inherited the Van Helsing. Um, lair and it's all CG and it goes on forever and there's the Ark of the Covenant way way in the back right um, no I'm just kidding about that uh, but, but the, the monsters were kind of uh, you know non-threatening threatening kind of things it was kind of obvious that people were being disposed of I guess but uh, better or worse than Sanctuary uh, worse than Sanctuary okay uh, sanctuary, I, I mean I, I actually when I recorded this I set up for to record this the series. Hey, this is gonna be the one that's gonna break me a seven and out. Um I'm I, I don't think I'm even watching, wow. going to watch the second episode of this. So again, closer to Flash Gordon than Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, on that scale, much closer on the Rick Flash. scale of quality for sci fi television. Okay. Less than yeah. Sanctuary. Still better than Flash Gordon though, right? Because anything would have to be 
<laughs> you know, gouging gouging one of your eyes out comes in a close second. <laughs> what? Well, I have news for you. That's a pilot for sci-fi for March. Uh, other, <laughs> other television shows coming. Hey, we have Chuck returning. By the time we have this podcast posted, uh, oh. they're doing a special Sunday night return, even though it will go to its Monday night slot, uh, taking over for Heroes. Yeah. Uh, hmm. Normally, so but they're going they're going to show one preview episode on Sunday night. So figure uh, podcast listeners on Sunday everywhere because uh, uh, I'm really looking forward to it. Anyone else? in? I can't say in the room around the table, although I'm sitting next to uh, young Justin Brett Schneider. Perhaps he's looking forward to, to Chuck's return. No, nothing from him. No, no. Uh, <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> Thank you, Stephanie. Thanks for the Yeah. <laughs> Uh, with a lot of guest stars galore again this year, and a, kind of a, a rewriting of the of the thing, and perhaps perhaps a return of Trisha Helfer. So that should uh, get Rick intrigued. Ratings, sir. Yes, yes. We've also got coming. Uh, well, I guess we should say speaking of Battlestar Galactica guest stars because um, uh, Katie Sackhoff was on Big Bang Theory a few weeks ago. That's my really smooth segue. Big Bang Theory won People's <laughs> Choice, the People's Choice Award this week. Is that right, Rick? Yeah, it won Best Comedy. Best Comedy. So it's it's the uh, and that's the People's Choice, not the. That's right. Choice. That's the People's Choice. I uh, think it's true. They say the geeks shall inherit the earth. You can wear your T-shirt, and people yeah. will still not know what your what that T-shirt is. But still, I don't you'll care. Know. Whatever. <laughs> that's right. That's so who, right. That's who's guest for. What? what? Yes, four just wrote. Uh, uh, I'm looking forward to it. So it's some sort of communist Chinese award. I don't know. Um, uh, we have a guest. We have somebody else logged in to listen to this live. <laughs> How weird! Yeah, I, you guys I are all on the phone, but I'm on on the talk show. Right, you're monitoring this, so so we must ask guest four. Who are you? Yeah. Uh, it's not been, Justin. They're anonymous, and uh, they're also the looking for. Uh, people's choice equals communist Chinese. I got it. Very good. Thank you, guest four. No, I, I oh, got it's, the joke. It's Dave. Dave K. Yep. Oh well, Dave K. Welcome. Uh, <laughs> okay. I'm surprised. I'm actually a little let down that Dave didn't figure out the dial-in part of it. So. No, you know what? And he would not want to speak. He does not want his voice heard. Typing okay. into you is exactly. Dave K's comfort level right now. <laughs> so okay. that's great. Oh, wait. Uh-huh. <laughs> we don't definitely <laughs> We don't use that on the air. Hey, <laughs> says you stuck too too far from the phone. Okay. Well, that's great. I'm glad I forgot I was on the phone. I'm sorry. We regular <laughs> regular second circle from the uh, from the fan, from the Fanboy Planet Standard Podcast. One of the people from uh, from from the store, Dave Cake is uh, with us. Who's written a couple of good comic book reviews, and um, if his help permits, you know, I hope in the future he will contribute uh, text pieces again. Uh, so that's pretty cool. So yeah, we're the, the geeks are inheriting the Earth Big Bang Theory, just getting more and more popular. Uh, other things returning, uh, lost, but that's not till February. So maybe we should be pulling Mario down for one last conversation. One last conversation, or, um, or first conversation about the the end of Lost. 
Although there was a really disturbing interview this week. I don't know if you if you read this, Rick, where Damon Lindelof said basically, you know, ABC and and Disney owns Lost, so um, no matter what we do, even though we're ending the story five years from now, they're gonna they're gonna resurrect it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he said, "There's nothing we can do." Well, there's also uh, this is a Lost fans have petitioned. There's two petitions this week. Uh, Lost fans have petitioned Disney. They want a Lost Island. They want an actual amusement park attraction. <laughs> <laughs> Which I don't know how that would work, but um, that would scare me. Uh, and they petitioned the president not to give his State of the Union speech in direct conflict with the return of Lost to television. And I don't think this speaks well for our country. Uh, Obama actually did today say, "Don't worry, I will not. I will not preempt Lost." Well, that's fine. I mean, it's not like he's going to say anything that's going to matter. Uh, uh, make it I, today this is tomorrow. the president of the United States, the State of the Union. Even if it's <laughs> I voted, a formality, I, voted, I respect him, and I, I voted for him, respect him because of just the type of action. He cares about his people's entertainment. <laughs> Keeping us all lulled. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so I'm clearly outnumbered here and going to be just recycled for food later. All right, so... Um, okay, so I've got a couple more questions coming in from the audience. Uh, Would that still be Dave K? Yes. Uh, okay. Day, day Trip. T-R-I-P-P-E. Anyone read that? Uh, no, that's in comics. We haven't moved over there, but that's true. I have not read Day Tripper. It's isn't it Day Dirty. Tripper? It's actually Day Tripper from uh, yes, Fab- Tripper. from the brothers Fabio and Gabriel Fabio Moon and Gabriel Ba, who are actually brothers. Um, I've been hearing really good things about it, but I haven't uh, haven't picked it up yet. He also he also notes that uh, with respect to Lost, Michelle and the girls are huge fans. Uh, who's a who's a huge fan? Uh, uh, Obama. Oh, Michelle. Okay, Obama. Right. Uh, okay. So that's that's well. You, you got to have peace in the White House then. Clearly. Uh, coming to television soon. A comic book adaptation. Human Target. Uh, sorry, yeah. I can't remember the name of this actor. The guy that was on the beginning of Fringe. Uh, Let's the first talk few about episodes. Human Target for a second because, I mean, that was a that was a. That was a backup in Detective originally, wasn't it? It was a backup in Detective, Christopher Chance, uh, about about a guy who basically, when people know that they are kind of marked for, I don't know how that worked out, that they'd know they were marked for assassination, uh, he would impersonate them, become them, and thereby drawing out the people trying to kill them. Um, That's, I'm trying to think, that had to be 12, 12 same comics at least. If not, if uh, maybe no, I think you're you're going too far back. No, fifteen centers, uh, okay. and because Dick Dillon and Dick Giordano drew it, uh, it was late sixties, early seventies, and uh, Human Target also moved over to action. It was a backup in action for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, it had a really good uh, Vertigo. At least it had an ongoing series that didn't last. I think much more than a year. You know, it might have been gone a year and a half. And there's at least one trade paperback out of it. It's a really good, uh, really good series about the psychology of a guy who's willing to put himself on the line to potentially get killed. 
You're talking uh, now about the Vertigo line. About the about but uh, I'm talking you know, the Vertigo version of the Human Target. So there have been revivals, and this is also not the first time it's been a television series. Oh really? Oh. ABC ran a series. Uh, I think only went like two, three episodes. Uh, Rick Springfield played Christopher Chance. Oh, I remember that. I yes, Rick Springfield. So this is the second version of the Human Target. Um, when ABC had a really brief time where they were actually trying these weird things, I mean, a lot of people forget too that it was about the same time that they did a John Sable freelance TV show, uh, and neither one did well. But uh, this one, uh, don't know what it has to offer. I haven't seen. I think they showed the Mark pilot Valley. at Comic Con. Mark Valley is the uh, Mark Valley. That's the guy. Yeah, he was the over the inner tubes by our guest. Um, There's and, Chi McBride and Jackie Earl Healy. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, okay. so supporting actors I really like Chi McBride and Jackie Earl Haley. Are uh, Chance's support team? What they're not doing. Uh, which I'm not sure. I think Rick Springfield's show tried to do, um, but what this one is not doing is putting Christopher Chance in a position where he actually becomes someone else. So, you know, it, it's... So, so no, we, um, no slower viewers Lando will not lose track of who the hero on. is. I'm sorry, what, Rick? No Martin Landau-style masks coming on and off. Right, right. He's actually, uh, at least from the pilot, what I've heard from the feedback of the pilot is he sort of just places himself near... The person who's actually targeted uh, and assumes like a like a kind of a pretender a target, like identity, like a target stand. Or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. The human target stand was a little more awkward of a title. So uh, now I'm not sure when it's coming to Fox. I've seen the commercials, but I keep missing when the date is for starting that. Mm, Sunday? No, wait. Is it Sunday? They're putting human target versus Chuck. Chuck wins. Sorry. Um, yeah. We'll, we'll eight, see. Okay. okay, there you go. Thank you, Stephanie, archivist, lighting designer, <laughs> call-in expert. Um, and uh, Caprica coming soon, which we're hearing pretty good things about, the prequel to Battlestar Galactica. And Rick's yeah. probably the one most looking forward to that. It's it's an interesting uh, take on the, the... So far, it's been an interesting take on the origins of the Cylons and how, um, who's the name, uh, who's the actor, a fairly famous actor who's playing the father. Um, uh, Eric Stoltz? Yeah, Eric Stoltz uh, is uh, is fairly compelling in this. You you, you didn't catch it, did you? So, I mean, no, you no, but, you know, I, I, I haven't watched Battlestar Galactica either. So yeah. um, that's, you know, it's there with Lost. When I retire, I will watch both those shows. And I'll go, that's what you guys were telling me about. I get it now. Um, I'll probably watch the remake of those series, uh, the third remake. Uh, and Spartacus, speaking of remakes, Spartacus, Blood and Sand coming. <laughs> yeah. I am Spartacus, Blood and Sand. Well, I, I think it's Spartacus, colon, Blood and Sand, uh, if that helps at all. Uh, produ- a series produced by Rob Tappert and Sam Raimi. Nothing um, is all over Comic-Con. That thing was all over Comic Con. So this production team that created Xena, Warrior Princess, and the, and Hercules: The Legendary Adventures. Um, hard to say. I, Stephanie, did you go to the panel on that? Was uh, yes. I am did. I remembering that correctly? Um, I think yes. I, I believe I was there. <laughs> you don't know? Could, could oh, someone no, call in there. and see if you saw Stephanie? <laughs> um, 
Yeah. Well, you know, um, you can, it seems, oh, go ahead. Uh, oh, no. I just thought, I don't know, after having Rome on HBO, like, I thought that was very good. And this seems like more like Rome and a slasher fic because it's just so graphically violent, like, from what yeah. I saw of the commercials. And, like, I, in the little goodie bags that they gave, they even had the comic, and that, that was just pouring blood out of it, and I'm not sure how I feel about that. <laughs> a little wet. You, you know? don't want to get any extra other collectibles. Right, right. Um, and, oh, I oh, and, uh, okay. John Hanna, John Hanna from The Mummy and Four Weddings and a Funeral is uh, the Roman Emperor. Uh, Lucy Lawless is in there. And the question, I, I guess when I see the Rob Tappert-Sam Raimi combo, I'm thinking, it's funny. But is it? That it did what you said. What you forget about the hero, the Hercules and Zeno were both kind of played tongue in cheek, a little over the top stuff. I'm not forgetting that at all. Yes. When you go back and look at those for low budget, um, for the number of episodes they did on really low budget, they had incredible uh, sets and quality of uh, of props and um, the. I I think that you if you gave them a little bit more money, uh, they they take that same they just raise it up another level. I I'm, I I actually I can appreciate people who do things that well on the low budget. Oh yeah, no I, I I'm probably the production team. I just don't know what to expect out of this show uh, premiering on the Stars Network, uh, which I guess. I, I don't know how many people have that. I don't know how big a network that is, uh, but it's growing. Connected with Encore and uh, Anchor Bay Home Entertainment, so I'm pretty sure there'll be a DVD release shortly thereafter. Um, so we have that to look forward to in January. So not a bad month uh, for television. Uh, we have a, a little bit of I'll transition here to movie news around Sam Raimi. There were rumors before Christmas that Sam Raimi was fighting with Sony about Spider-Man 4, and apparently at first Sony denied it and said, you know, it's the Christmas break, that's why nothing's happening, and now apparently uh, it's so bad that Spider-Man 4 has basically been put on hold indefinitely. Um, I don't know, were we looking forward to that? Yeah. Not, not given the characters they were talking about so far, and if they were really moving... Uh, <laughs> but they were really moving okay. towards the vultures instead of the black cat. No, not at all. Right. And, well, apparently he did want to maintain the black cat, and he wanted the vulture. He doesn't want this vulture's concept. But Sony doesn't want the vulture either. Brian Michael Bendis has stepped forward and saying he'd love to write it. The other thing that Sam Raimi was balking at was that they wanted him to make it in 3D, and he doesn't want to make it in 3D, which is kind of interesting having a conversation with people earlier tonight is, you know, is 3D really that biggest selling point? Or is it just a way for the studio to get another three bucks out of you? You know, it's, it's starting to be a hot topic for television now. And yeah. It's like home television 3D. It's, it's one of those things where you kind of go, well, what kind of fool would, for example, go out and see Avatar in 2D? Uh, the fool that's sitting in the living room uh, of your of the Brett Cave right now. But I, I blame I blame Goodson on that. He bought the tickets. Um, so, uh, yeah, you know, in fact, I just got a press release today. Here's where the t- the home video thing. You probably haven't thought about this, Rick, but you're going to say it's genius. 
is that I received uh, a press release at, uh, yesterday, I guess it was, uh, announcing that Sony was going to relaunch a whole line of Blu-rays for 3D. So even though last week Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs came out on Blu-ray, this summer it'll be the first of their 3D offerings as well. So you can buy it yet again. So for those wondering how they were going to gouge us after Blu-ray, how could it get more perfect than Blu-ray? Blu-ray 3D. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm... What was the? Uh, there was a movie a couple of, a couple of years back where, when it came out on DVD, I just kind of it originally came out in 3D. Which one was it? We saw that. Oh no, it was Beowulf. Uh huh. Beowulf never came out in 3D on uh, for home theater. And I was even though I I enjoyed that movie in the theater, I had no intention of buying it when it wasn't in 3D. Right, because you really felt you needed the 3D for that. The, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, you know, I noticed this watching the G Force, not the not the Japanese anime, the um, Secret yeah, Agent Guinea Pigs. Which the big thing this summer was this last summer was that it was in Disney 3D, and so as watching it, it's a film definitely intended uh, for uh, you know all the really bad things you think of 3D ha- uh, guinea pigs <laughs> constantly launching themselves at the screen, meant to kind of come out you know and startle small children, uh, and then the DVD the Blu-ray isn't 3D the DVD isn't 3D, um, yeah. and yet there have been attempts before the Coraline DVD uh, came with glasses. Um, I think Monsters oh, vs. Aliens. It worked pretty well. Okay. I, I haven't rechecked on like new, you know, played it on a blue on an actual like higher definition player yet, uh, and I haven't tried it on my computer. But my kids watched it and and wore the glasses, and and my daughter raved about how great the 3D was. And okay. since that's a new experience for her, she's figuring it out. You know, she's she's liking it. So, um, well, isn't know, the it, next Steve Carell movie going to be in 3D? Uh, the the uh, the villain one the yeah how oh, was it? it something me oh crud despicable um, me despicable me thank you thank you yes Steve Carell is the worst supervillain in the world um, <laughs> yeah well I think anything computer any computer generated animated film now I think we're pretty much seeing 3D okay and, so that's a, that's not live action. No, you haven't seen any any trailers for it. No, it's no, it's, it's it's animated, um, <laughs> and I know you know we're getting Alice in Wonderland, uh, the live action with with Johnny Depp in 3D, um, you know. So it's definitely moving forward there. So I can understand, uh, you know, if Sam actually a Spider-Man movie in 3D would probably be really cool, but Sam Raimi doesn't want to make it. And the big thing that that meant was that you know one of the reasons Sony was rushing that into development was because they wanted to go head-to-head with a huge Marvel summer and have a piece of the huge Marvel summer, which would have Thor and, uh, I think, Captain America, the last of, uh, the first Avenger, was supposed to follow up with Thor. Um, and now Thor has moved into the slot, so they've actually moved it up to, uh, I think, May 6th or May 7th of 2011, where it was going to open in late May, and now it's taking the slot that Spider-Man 4 would have held so kind of interesting. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, in uh, oh, in toy news, we got toy news this week. Uh, just announced yeah. that 
that there will be action figures for the Venture Brothers. I'm excited. Oh, have they have they a list of uh, who they're going to do? They have they they just have signed the deal. Hopefully, in time for launching uh, at Comic Con, uh, will be a full set. I would assume you're going to get um, Hank and Dean. And when I asked for art, they said, "Yeah, there's there's nothing, there's no art." But they sent me just a bunch of pictures of Hank and Dean. So obviously, it's going to be them. You got to do a Monarch. You got to do Brock. I could probably do, wait for you wait. You got to do the Jackie O version of uh, Doctor Doctor Girlfriend, Girlfriend and the Mrs. This is the doctor girlfriend. And, yeah, uh, I, I, I and which and which version of the henchman? I I'm hoping for the crawling eye as well, the uh, giant spider ro- uh, ro- yeah. ro- spider robot. And then I there's mean, the supporting characters that you got to have. I mean, uh, obviously, um, um, all soft. Hank and Dean could come with helper. Yeah, helper would be no helpers could be the one that's going to be. a one piece in every package. Oh, see, you know, really, we should. They should consult with us when they market these things. You're yeah. quite right. You're, you're quite right. Um, we need Molotov cocktails, and uh, who, who who else would be would be there? Um, all those GI Joe ripoffs. <laughs> um, <laughs> the Agents of Sphinx. Um, so, looking forward to that. And just David Bowie. To, who? David Bowie. Oh, David Bowie. Um, we'll see. And if you want to listen back, of course, uh, our, our post-Comic-Con podcast uh, this, this last year, we had a big interview with uh, Doc Hammer and Jackson Public, the creators of the Venture Brothers, uh, who, of course, were all for doing these kinds of things. And for some reason, it's taken this long. So it's going to happen. Very excited. Another toy series, which we, which I think we all thought um, was dead, was... Uh, Tops had canceled the Hero Clicks line, which uh, I guess Rick, you were weren't really a player, but for a while, uh, Goodson and I were really, really into Hero Clicks, and uh, if nothing else, oh, it's a great I way to a player. But I bought a lot. Yeah, because they're great little action figures for your desk, or little statues, really tiny, tiny little statues. Um, and Tops shut it down, uh, but I just picked up this week that uh, they have revived and are um, with kids. It's apparently a separate company once again, so I have to kind of try to reconnect with them and find out what's going on with this. They're selling through Toys R Us. They have a Hammer of Thor series and a DC Brave and the Bold series coming. And then tonight, Rick and I, before Stephanie called in, were looking on the web and found that they're going to have a Blackest Night set uh, of Hero Clicks. Well, we think that's what it means. Um, All will be well. Uh, is the last line that the Flash utters in uh, Blackest Night number six? And so, then there's, there's a, and uh, the, kind of a and then there's all the spectrums coming out of rings. I'm pretty sure that means it's Blackest Night. <laughs> okay, okay, I'll, I'll go with mm-hmm. probably like. <laughs> that sounds cool. Yeah, May twelfth, two thousand ten. Uh, getting a, uh, you can get uh, a, a Larflees uh, Hero Clicks. <laughs> we'll not let you have any other hero clicks. Anyway, uh, so I want to follow up with that the, the, uh, in the next couple of weeks when my spare time really comes up. Um, I do want to tell you just one little comics thing. I mean, we're going to be shorter this week because obviously it's strangely late on a Friday night. But um, Rick, uh, Stephanie, you didn't get to a comic shop this week, did you? <laughs> two-hour no. bus ride. No. So we can just taunt <laughs> you with with stories of comics. Down and then hitchhike and. 
and then comics. oh, there were some comics there were some great comics. There was you know, um, you know Thomas oh, and Roll Hunger. There were a lot of great comics, including Rick. Did you read the Wonder Woman Blackest Night number two this week? No, I don't buy on Wonder Woman anymore. Oh, but the Blackest Night, the actual miniseries associated with Blackest Night, which Greg Rucka is writing, with yeah. um, oh well. Uh, kind of, you know, played really nicely in the Blackest Night number six, and mm. Rucka. This is just for those who are who are shippers, if you will, for Wonder Woman. Uh, Rucka's definitely in the camp that the man, the only man for um, Wonder Woman is. Can you guess, Rick? Um, Hal Jordan. Nope. Stephanie, any guesses? The uh, only man for Wonder Woman. Super. What? Superman is a Batman. No, it's Bruce Batman. Wayne. What? It's totally, totally after. I guess uh, Gail Simone had been writing Wonder Woman, and, and Nemesis was the one she was going that she was trying to uh, right. to date. But hmm. uh, this is this is clearly uh, Aphrodite sets up uh, sets up a, a thing to kind of protect Wonder Woman's psyche, and and the image of of love is. Uh, is Batman. So, wow. um, like, why, I, oh. I should mention that our, our guest, uh, our silent guest this evening mentioned Nemesis before we did. And, huh? uh, well. Referred to Gail Simone as a heathen. So. Gail Simone's a heathen? Oh, good heavens. No, we love Gail Simone. Because, again, if you're not reading Secret Six, you're missing out on one of the best books. You know, this I gotta say, like the really good books from both companies are the ones that that not as many people are reading. Secret Six was great. Um, over at Marvel, you know, because we were looking at HeroClix and saw the Jimmy Woo thing. Agents of Atlas is a really good book. Jeff Parker's uh, a great writer. I have to clarify, he did not call Gail Simone a heathen. He called me a heathen for not reading Wonder Woman. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, oh okay. Good, good. I'm, I'm I really like. I'm not reading a pagan mythos. Uh, yeah. Oh, layers of irony there, Rick. I hope you. I I hope it keeps you up all night. Um, but the book, the biggest book that came out this week, and I don't know, did you, uh, Rick? Did you buy the Siege? I did buy. The, I'm going to buy the mini series the Siege. I'm not going to go back and start rebuying the books that I've decided to cancel uh, from my pull list. So, uh, right. okay, I, I haven't gotten around to reading it yet. So. so this is the beginning of the latest. Uh, big Marvel crossover. Fall of Asgard. Uh, what? The Fall of Asgard, yes. So uh, I'm going to speak up on Lon's behalf because the same week, uh, last week when um, uh, DC had shipped out uh, Blackest Night number 6, uh, Marvel also shipped out a free preview book of the Siege. Now, did you look at that, Rick? Did you pick that up with your calendar and your yes, Avengers yes, clearance sir. card? Did you read the story, the little eight-page preview of the siege? Yes, I did. Okay, so here's Lon's point, and I'm speaking up for him, and I thought it was a really good point on Lon's part, and we didn't really get a chance to talk about it. Uh, I guess Lon and I were, were talking Wednesday afternoon about this, is that actually the thing that gets the siege going, stop me if you've heard this one, or identify the other big Marvel crossover event that begins essentially the same way. Well-meaning super being stumbles into a crime-fighting opportunity and accidentally causes an explosion that wipes out, destroys the lives of hundreds of people. Ooh, 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 ooh. Um, Secret Wars. No. 
Um, so close, so close. Civil Junction. Civil Disobedience? Yes, Civil yeah, War. Never. Civil War begins essentially with the same MacGuffin, and here it is, Loki and uh, Norman Osborn uh, manipulate Volstagg of Asgard into yeah. uh, attacking um, the UFOs. So um, I, I didn't buy that part at all. I hated that. Volstagg is just... Volstagg is, and you can quote me on this, Volstagg is the woozy winks of the Marvel Universe. (laughs) (laughs) Both references. Okay, Uh, Stephanie, you you should be the devil's advocate. You should be the person who doesn't doesn't know comics for a moment. I don't. (laughs) Do you know who Volstagg is? Uh, Vaguely. (laughs) Okay, Volstagg will be played by race... Volstagg will be played by Ray Stevenson of Rome uh, to harken back to a point you made earlier uh, in the movie. Uh, He is the uh, Stan Lee's uh, Falstaff uh, surrogate in Asgard. He's part of the Warriors 3, Fandral, Hogan the Grimm, Mm. and and Volstagg. So Volstagg's like, in the comics, really fat. Ray Stevenson will not be that fat. Um, (laughs) But Volstagg's this huge, voluminous character, uh um, but a heart of gold giving yeah often um, often talks a much better game than he actually plays uh, uh as a superhero and um although he's a good swordsman uh so that's not it's not at all clear in there oh, go ahead i'm sorry i'm cutting you off go no I'm, I'm sorry i just got to finish before we get too far away so that then the other reference there rick made is the woozy winks goes into the dc universe is plastic man sidekick woozy winks is borderline um uh mentally deficient uh sometimes people remember that he's been given the ability to actually nothing can harm him Mm-hmm. Uh, that's how he's invented. So the man that Mother Nature would always protect. So, always so he's, he's helping and uh, and protecting Plastic Man. Yes, he's not really. He's you know he's just kind of an idiot. And he did just show up <laughs> on the Brave and the Bold um, animated series. But um, yeah, anyway, he's a character that's pretty much you know done strictly for comic relief. So then to put Volstagg in the middle of that to start the siege, which is supposed to completely, utterly change the Marvel Universe and lead into yet another event called the Heroic Age, in which mm-hmm. after how many years? Five, six years of nothing but doom and gloom and death and destruction, we're not going to say everybody's sweetness and light. <laughs> Steve Rogers will forgive Tony Stark for accidentally getting him killed. Um, <laughs> Peter Parker will forgive them all for making him give up his marriage to Satan. You know, when I put it that way, it does sound pretty mm-hmm. freaking stupid. Uh, <laughs> so, but I'm just angry because, well, who wrote Civil War was Mark Miller, wasn't it, um, Rick? That's who, uh, that's I don't who wrote know. That it. sounds right. But so I think Bendis, yeah, but you look that, Bendis is using the same beginning. It's just a, it's just a little awkward. And, when and you, everybody's been... When you look at the way that was done, though, because uh, Volstagg has... The UFOs get set upon Volstagg by the Red Cloak at Norn Osborne's uh, bidding. And he ends up... By the hood, thrown. You mean, right? The hood, pardon me, right, the red cloak. <laughs> uh, it's a red cloak, Volstag, but it's the hood. Volstagg <laughs> yeah. gets thrown into this arena of a football stadium. He doesn't go there himself. He gets thrown there. And then the UFOs uh-huh. show up, and they attack him, and 
it looks like he's just putting up like a defense against it, but it takes out everybody in the arena in the in the Coliseum. Mm-hmm. So it's a little different than. I mean, I'm not I'm not saying Milan's wrong. I think it's another it's a stupid way to start a big series by taking a beloved character and making him into a tragic figure. It's like kicking a puppy. My God. And yeah. Well, no, I think Lon's comparison is, I mean, because for a long time in Civil War, and I think just, again, left underwritten or not clear at all, was that um, the was it the New Warriors was the group uh, in yeah. Civil War. Um, they were set up. Right. Nitro was, you know, blew up on purpose and, and did that. So I think the same, you know, and that's Lon's point, is it's, it just, the beats are the same, and uh, I would have to agree with that. That it just seemed. Uh, now maybe the series will be will be really good. I'm not. I'm, I'm talking about the quality of the series itself. I'm just saying we got to call call on it when you realize how repetitious these things are becoming. Um, and speaking I of Mark Miller, I like the idea that Volstag is going to carry around this this guilt. Undeserved. Uh, and he's gonna he's gonna uh, put in a ball gag. Oh, and so instead of being panicked, it'll just be called. Ball gag, Volstag will become ball gag. Volstag I think we're thing. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Again, for Stephanie and other people listening, uh, who Stephanie is sitting in for, the the I lighthearted character, <laughs> the the lighthearted character Speedball was the only survivor of the New Warriors uh, slaughter, and uh, he um, was also one of the few hit characters named after a street drug. And uh, uh, Speedball then put on a suit, and she discovered that his powers could only activate when he underwent pain. And he felt so much guilt for having been responsible for the death of many, many children at the beginning of Civil War that he put on a suit that every time he was it, every time he moved, the spikes mm-hmm. were all turned inward, so they would constantly uh, generate kinetic energy. And he called himself Penance. Um, and oh. so he was definitely this huge S and M figure, and so I was just yeah, saying Volstag would become Paul. <laughs> now, mm-hmm. now that I've totally deconstructed the joke, it's so much funnier, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> These are <themed> tonight. Thanks. <laughs> oh my oh, God! I, you know what this means, Rick? We do need lawn. Have <laughs> 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 we got anything left on the agenda? We're coming up. I've on got the end nothing of the left hour. on the agenda. I'm just going to oh. end it with with the thing right. of. How I just miss Lon tonight. I just miss Lon. Uh, and if you miss Lon, write into sandpaper at fanboyplanet.com. Otherwise, comments, compliments, uh, criticisms, all that, editor at fanboyplanet.com. Oh, I have a question. I, yes, Stephanie? Oh, did you hear anything about the Green Lantern casting? I haven't heard anything about the casting. Do you know something? Quick, this breaking uh, news. Well, apparently, okay, while you guys were talking about something I didn't understand, <laughs> I clicked on some links, and apparently Carol Ferris has been cast. What? And Tell us. It's going to be, hold on, I just Blake Lively, apparently. It is oh, going to be Blake Gossip Lively. Girl. Blake Lively. Gossip Girl, yes. <laughs> Yes, she's on Gossip Girl. She yeah. was hosted. She hosted Saturday Night Live a month ago. Obviously, pandering to the audience of Gossip Girl to get them into the theaters. <laughs> It'll probably work. It'll probably uh-huh. work. So, wow. Okay, thank you for yeah. that. Just I'm Derek McCaw, editor in chief of FanboyPlanet.com, and that was, of course, our 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 girl in L.A. in Hollywood. Her finger on the pole. <gasps> she's entrenched. She's. 
She's entrenched. Embedded, embedded in Los Angeles, you are? Yeah, she's not Stephanie saying Rodriguez. she is. <laughs> oh, I am. <laughs> Stephanie Rodriguez. Oh, Rodriguez. <laughs> <laughs> she's not sure. That's what L.A. does to people. <laughs> and, I, and, and I'm certain I'm Rick Brettsteider reminding you to... Use, Use your, your powers, powers, powers only, only for, for good. good in an echo chamber. <laughs> good Lord. Why are you looking at me? Because <laughs> you're not saying anything. <laughs> And thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.lukeski.com. Talk Recorded live. Okay, this is the pre-show. We're recording right now just to make sure everything's going to work out, so... Uh don't have too high expectations until right about 10 o'clock. Without it just, now. It's just uh, 9.54. Oh, okay, I'm nothing without my phone, you know, telling me what time it is. So we're here in the fabulous Brett Cave, deep, actually. Oh, there's a clock right oh, behind you, so I can now look at that and see that. Um, yes, kind of need to talk to sort of adjust the fact that there's a little delay. Are you hearing the delay on your phone? Yeah, I hear you speak. And then you speak again in my ear, yes, which is sort of like one of my worst nightmares. No. Once again, gaze 
at my own leisure. At all the games. All the things in the Brett Cave. Hmm. You can touch them if you like. Well, you know, I really I was going to go back in and look at the Doc Savages. <sighs> so, do you see the um, Bleeding Cool published the uh, color version of that of that cover of Neil Adams? Oh, no, I'll have to find you the link. It's uh, it was beautiful to see. You know, we could almost not hold the phone up to our ear and just talk like this. Yeah, but then, oh, like this. Uh, okay, I mean, we could. It's still weird to me. Very weird. I feel like we're secret agents, but but Rick, I see you right across the desk. Actually, I think this would work better if, like, there was a night when we really couldn't get together. Probably would work better. Wasn't here. Right, but like I said, you know, but I also think there's something. I don't know. I think there's better energy if we're actually seeing. But yeah. Otherwise, not much of a podcast. It's just idiots talking together. On the phone. Dude. Party line. Hey, Justin. I want you to be part of this experiment, remember? Come here for a sec. Two hawks from Earth fell. You dial that number. And then it'll say enter the call ID and you dial the second number and you press the sound button. Do it now. We have these beers on us. I'll go there and we else. Dang it. Okay. We want to go to the right outside the door. You can All right. All righty. So to see who Hello? the actual winner of what Stephanie? Oh, Central Coast, California. Hello. Is that Stephanie Rodriguez? I think. Hello. <laughs> Do you think? <laughs> are you who you think you are? Yes, I, I. Oh my God! I can hear my own voice. How weird. Okay. You can hear your own voice. Yes, I am. Sorry, you I have. More. Ah, did somebody else call I'm in? Sorry. Hold on. No, this is Stephanie. <laughs> okay, good. I'm just hearing my voice on delay on this thing, and I've actually been listening to you guys for about 15 minutes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> trying to figure out how to connect. <laughs> so are you connected by your computer or your phone? Um, I think I'm on... I did both, but I put my computer on mute. Okay, that's why. Or your computer's no longer on mute. I, I can see central I can see two entries for Central Coast, California. So you, you probably oh I see what you 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 muted it there, but you're not muted on the call. I have control wait, wait. I can mute you from my control panel on my computer. And it's ten o'clock. So we should start. <laughs> okay, well then announce oh. us. If you say so. Okay. Let's uh, let's hold on for a second, and uh, 
live from San Jose, California. It's the Fanboy Planet Podcast Special Edition, broadcasting direct from the Brett Cave. We have Derek McCaw. Introduce yourself, Derek. What? I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, sit down. You're, you're I'm trying to find a place to sit. What? There's a couch. I'm going to sit on the couch. Thank you, Justin. I'm going to. I'm going to take your spot. I'm going to be distracted by Borderlands. Okay, so anyway, yes. I'm here. <laughs> Who are you? You're the editor and... Oh, you want to, I thought I had totally blown the intro. Do the intro again yeah. so you can edit. I'm going to do the intro again. Okay. Live from San Jose, California, it's the Fanboy Planets Podcast Special Edition. And I'm certain I'm Rick Brettsnyder reminding you to use, use your, your powers, your powers, powers only, only for good, good in an echo chamber. <laughs> so good Lord. <laughs> okay, uh, sorry, I, I hurt my hand by closing the window because um, I could hear the frat parties. They're like sliding up right now. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, yeah, they're calling, to you. <laughs> they're calling to you like the, uh, like the uh, zombies in the original Omega Man. Stephanie, come out. <laughs> I don't know. That's scary. <laughs> yeah, and they're just freaking yeah. her out. She's already I, said she's alone in the room. I'm alone in the room. They're screaming outside my window. <laughs> oh, Lordy. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Is it good screaming? You know, I can never tell anymore. <laughs> mm. Yeah. <laughs> Well, all right. I'm going to can venture you another... On, can, you get it on the, can you get it on your phone? Can you put the phone out the can window? I, on my phone? I don't... Hold on. Let me see. I don't think you can hear it. Don't drop the phone. Woo! Wait, she just faked that, didn't she? I think she did. Yes, I yeah. did. <laughs> no. Uh, no, I could see the siren, though. But that's... Okay, never mind. <laughs> Years later, we're going to find out that Stephanie faked this whole going to Southern California for college, and she's actually in in, in Fresno. Fresno. <laughs> <There's a No. laughs> Fresno. Oh my gosh! Oh, that's that's so gross. Worse. I'm sorry. Swear I'm in LA. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Somebody will prove it. We'll we'll drive the entire podcast yeah, down like, to I LA. Can see, yeah, I was I was going to see Dr. Parnassus earlier than you guys, but then I ran out of time. <laughs> Uh-huh. Well, I'm going to uh-huh, go tomorrow. Uh-huh. So. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah. Well, Dave's, Dave's still with us. He's uh, He's been uh, refer- referring back to our lag, the frat party, uh, when, they, when the uh, frat guys are going to have their 1 a.m. activities. Uh, so people are still still able to listen in. Uh, so, oh, yes, Dave. <laughs> Dave has no life. Uh, so that's all right. We miss Dave. We wish him to get healthy. What did he say? He said, "Send me a kasha kanish. Prove it." What is I think that? Because you're well, you're in this. You're in the Kosher Canyon, so there's a lot of good Jewish food in there. Three uh, kasha kanish and three potatoes from Cantor's. I've heard Cantor's before. Oh from Cantor's, yeah. There's lots of Cantor's delis down there. Yeah. In, in Westwood. Yeah, in I don't. Westwood. I don't know if there's, in, there's one in Westwood. There's one... I, I okay, they popped up a lot more. You're asking me to take public transportation. That might be a problem. No, Stephanie, we're, we're asking Such you to problem. sit there. Don't you worry. Nobody's going to make you leave. Oh, my gosh. No. Fairfax, which is pretty close. 
Yes, but she's still got to take public transportation. Uh, to get you want to you want to hear something scary? Okay, so for my costume design class, we have to observe like people out in the streets, and we're assigned to different groups. And um, I'm assigned to like there's fruits on the street, and then sports pigs, and then like gay and lesbian biker bar. Like these are just people we have to like observe their cost like their dress, right? And uh-huh. I got I got put into the goth group. And a lot of them are really, like, ugh, this one guy, he wants us to do research at an actual goth club. Okay. Sounds yeah, cool. and I'm like, okay, I think I'm going to get, like, this is not Big Bang Theory where you could go and impersonate goth people. You're going to get killed. I'm so <laughs> no, scared. no, goth people <laughs> don't actually kill. I know, I know. No, they're, they're kind, loving people, and they just have this mascara problem. Mm-hmm. Um. Stephanie, uh, Dave says go to Flips if it's still there. He flips? says, yeah, it totally is. Goth people are geeks, he says. No, goth people are Oh, Flips. 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 What is Flips? They are as afraid, and he says, they are as afraid of you as you are of them. Oh, they're, they're like bees. They're like, they're like, <laughs> no, they're like little deer. <laughs> little deer with mascara. Thick, oh, thick mascara. Scary. Yeah. And big teeth. Yeah. I and, think you, you, and they drink blood. I think you should just go there in your flash costume. <laughs> oh, gosh. Say so you're looking for Black Alice. Yeah. Mm, it says Club Red Light at Vertigo's. Hmm. Dark huh. Oh, I don't know. Well. Do you know where that is? Um, no. <laughs> and it's somewhere in downtown L.A. The Evil Club Empire Perversion at the Ruby. Huh. Okay. Um, Sorry, I'm just take reading. someone with you. Should... Don't go alone. <laughs> uh, no, I'm not going. I'm not, not going. going. <laughs> no, like, really? um, well, my friend Phoebe and I, we we don't want to go. <laughs> well, I don't know. Just a little bit dangerous. I don't know. Maybe send someone with a camera, and they can come back with photos. There yeah. you go. Yeah. Yes. Or just go on the internet. All right. Time. So, what time are we at here, Rick? This is eleven oh one. All right, so I think we should wrap up this uh, this experiment this evening. Yeah, I think it worked. Oh, well, oh I love uh, Farmer's Market. That sounds cool. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm reading the... <laughs> welcome to Non-Sequitur Theater. I love Farmer's Market. Fresh produce. <laughs> Dave says he's out of here and good jobs. All right. Good okay. night, Dave. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, we'll chat later. Aww. Bye-bye. Yes, bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> oh, bye.